Cosmic Voice. Music, talk, and nothing but business with your hosts, Chris Natalie and Nick Michaels. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cosmic Voice. This is Season 3, Episode 18. I am here with my co-host, Chris Natalini. Hey, hey, hey. And I am Mick Michaels. Welcome back, everyone, to another show. Chris, how are you, sir? What's going on, Mick? I am doing awesome. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Fantastic. Everything looks good from this end. You got <laughs> Everything that? looks good from this end. Yes. <laughs> good, good. You got a little bit of the Santa <laughs> Claus look going on. I love it. Love it a lot. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I got a little more bulk in my beard yeah, growing. Yeah. Little, yeah that, that, I, I, that's I, a good I, way of putting a little bulk in the beard. Yep, yep. Claws fell off the roof last year, so apparently I am now running the show. Yeah. So it's a cross between claws and crumpus. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clauses. I'm not sure. <laughs> that is exactly right. How are you? Are you in the... Uh, how are you? I know you're full-fledged uh, into the full holiday fledged spirit at this into point. Into the holiday season, have our baking schedule all laid out for the month. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. It, it this is just a cool time of the year for me. Got all the trees up, the decorations. It's just it's pretty cool, man. I'm excited. Awesome. It, it was it was actually I don't know where you were today, but it, it was flurrying today in certain areas. Some some a little heavier, but uh, I was like, oh man, maybe we'll get a white Christmas. I'm not sure. I like a white Christmas. I mean, just kind of like a quick blanketing, and then the roads are okay. I don't want to be a snowed-in Christmas. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm okay with one big snowstorm. Keep me in for a day or two. I'm good, and then that's it. Then I don't want to see you the rest of the season. I, you know what? I agree with you. I like the one. It's kind of exciting. Okay, here it is. Everybody's together. But then when it, like, usually it happens here, like, we get one every Wednesday for three <laughs> weeks, four weeks, and we're shoveling, and then there's... You know, there's the Great Wall of China on each side of my uh, driveway, and it's just getting like, where are we going to put this stuff? So, it's crazy. But yeah, or it happens it happens like a Friday, like it's a weekend. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you're just, you know, ah, what are you going to do? It's one of those things. So, but other than that, anything else going on with you? Anything else in your galaxy going on? I am going to uh, open myself up a little bit here, and I will say that uh, over Thanksgiving weekend, because everybody's obviously hearing this in the in the uh, in the future, I actually watched a Hallmark Christmas movie. Oh yeah! See, it's creeping up on you, creeping up on you. What did I you say? Like, what did you say? I, I I watched the the Christmas Inn. The Christmas Inn. Okay. Yes, and I, I was like. Let me just see. Let me see what all the the, the Mick Michaels hype is. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously I've seen them through the years. And I don't know if I've actually sat and fully watched a full one. But this was on. Uh, it was Thanksgiving. So I was at my mom's house. So we were just kind of chilling around the house. And I was like, let me just put this on. And, uh, and I, I, I was highly entertained, you know. Same thing. Uh, you know, there's always the big joke, right, that all of them are the same. It's the big and, you know, except for this time, it was a she's the big ad executive and and her great aunt dies and leaves her this Christmas. inn. I think it may have been like in Alaska and she goes and, you know, the this the, the guy, the, the son of the woman who runs the diner, he's in charge of the inn because the great aunt passed away. And and, you know, she has no Christmas spirit and she just, uh, you know, she wants to sell the inn and, you know, the little town is getting ready for their big Christmas 
thing and you know and it just you know hilarity ensues and people fall in love and it's a great christmas and she stays and you know and you know doesn't go back to her big ad you know agency in the big city yeah oh yeah there you go (laughs) see little by little that's how it got me i'm like all right you know and then all of a sudden i'm watching six seven of them in a row and my dvdr is completely filled up now because (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) <laughs> Got to make sure I have that one. Haven't seen this you know one. I mean? Like they get, they get a lot of slack, and I mean I get it because they are all they are pretty much the same formula. But you know I like they're they're nice, like they're nice shows, and you know it's it's not you know it's it's listen, it's, they, it's some positivity in the world. Yeah, maybe it's a little too romanticized, too you know whatever. But listen, it's okay. You know, if anything, that's what we need. You know what I mean? If that was yeah, the worst, yeah, man. Listen, there's nothing wrong with being a little corny for two hours or, you know, however long the show is. It was it was nice. It was a nice movie. Yeah. You know, nice, nice, happy ending. Very Christmassy. And, uh, you know, it was listen, cool. it holidays was in cool. themselves are a corny thing, right? If you're into the whole Christmas thing, decorating, making cookies, meeting with this, doing that, you get a little bit of you. Sometimes people go overboard. It's all part of that corny thing, right? Corny is something that you expect. And it's kind of cliche-ish. It's it's a very card-looking thing. Hey, whatever. That's fine with me. I'm all for it, 100%. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm Googling it now because I, I wanted to make sure. I, I think it's actually called My Christmas Inn. Okay. It's actually what it's called. There you it's go. from 2018. Okay. And it's uh, with Tia Maori, which I believe she was one of the twins on one of those. Yeah, the, one of the Twitches. One of the twitches. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and uh, and Jack A was in it. And Aaron Gray. There from, you go. Uh, from Buck Rogers. Super because I had a huge crush who, on her when I was a kid. Who didn't? Buck Rogers. Who didn't? <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. That is true. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and Princess Adala. You know, sure. Was, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It was good. But when I saw her, I was like, oh, my God, that's Aaron Gray. I'm like, I think I'm, I'm in this movie. Well, I hear you. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, we better move on because we're already six minutes and 33 seconds into this podcast, and I'm sure the listeners are very angry at the fact that we just spent the last six minutes and 43 seconds promoting Hallmark Channel. With that, and on that note... People like to hear your Hallmark. Yeah, they like to hear it, all right. On that note, what we're going to talk about this evening is recently Taylor Swift re-recorded her album Red, released it, it went to number one all with the idea of owning her own master tapes. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. So basically, if you haven't heard or you didn't read about it, Taylor Swift's album Red, which came out a few years ago, which was a big-selling number one album, she wanted ownership of the master tape. She offered to buy it, so on and so forth. They said no. So what she decided to do was re-record the album. She wrote the material, but for some reason... I guess the publishing and licensing, the label holds that, controls it. They wouldn't give them to her. Well, you know, I mean, the business deal probably was written that way. Especially with an album that had as much hoopla as that one did. She decided to re-record it. Some people are saying it's even better than the original. It went to number one. But again, her whole strategy was to own her own master tapes. So now this goes to say, is this a fantastic move on her part? Is she going to be changing the industry yet again? What do you think, Chris? What's your thoughts on well, that? Well, so here's my thing. I'm just going to give you a little bit of, of a backstory because I am not 
the biggest Taylor Swift fan at all. I never was. I didn't really care for her. Not because I don't think she's super talented. It's just not my cup of tea. And actually, Mick, just so you know, too, she in April of 2021, Fearless, she also re-recorded Fearless, which was one of uh, her first records. She released that. But for some reason, this one gained a lot of traction. So this is what I'm understanding. So the label sold the rights to those first couple records to, to another person. And from what I'm understanding, she went to this person and they would not sell them back to her. So think about that. Like, these are your songs. These are the albums that put you where you are right now in your career. And someone sells that under you. Like, they are your creations. Now, whether you maybe wrote them with somebody else or maybe you had help, whatever, they're still your creations. They're still your voice. So the label sold them out from under you and sold them to somebody else. And I, I don't know. I don't have the information in front of me. I'm sure for a whole lot of money. And Taylor Swift being the smart individual that she is she apparently contacted this the the company that owned this third party that owns the rights to her music and they told her no and i'm sure she was willing to pay a huge amount of money so in that with her disgust this is where i become a taylor swift fan because as you said in the introduction she re-recorded fearless that came out in april 21 but then she recorded re-recorded red and she changed a few things, you know, it, it's ta- in, in parentheses, it's Taylor Swift's version, you know, it's a song title and it's Taylor Swift's version. And then she released the original 10 minute song that the label wouldn't let her put out uh, on the original Red. So not only did she re-record, I think she added some lyrics to it. She even actually went above and beyond and she put at the same day as the album released, she had a small movie put out for her single. And I, I, I believe she may be doing one or two more other um, little movies to accommodate the, the another single or another song. It was released on Friday. The next night she was performing on Saturday Night Live. She did the entire 10 minute version with the video behind her. What really made me go, man, this, this woman is is someone not to mess with because, you know, and, and on the re-release of Rad, I think she added, I think there's like, I don't know the amount actually, but I think it, uh, you know, I think there's like tons of other tracks on it and maybe re-records or different versions of things. Like as far as I know, there's like 20, I don't know, there may be like 20 something tracks to it or whatever. You know, when I heard it, when I, when I saw that she was on Saturday Night Live and I saw the video of it, you know, there, of course she made all the headlines and it was saying, you know, Taylor Swift, you know, re-releases Red. And I'm like, she re-released Red. And then <clears throat> when I looked into it, I'm like, oh man, and that's what really, really not attracted me to her. But I guess I get, I have more respect for her because I was like, man, finally, like someone of her caliber really showed the music industry that you don't mess with an artist. And she really, I mean, <laughs> during COVID, she, she went in and re-recorded two records and, you know, did all this stuff and did a movie and a video and, you know, and all this, you know, all this stuff. And she released and it, it really took... It took the world by storm and the internet and the music industry. And I really gained a ton of respect for it because I'm like, man, like somebody finally gave it to the industry where it deserves. And, uh, you know, if those people would have just sold her the rights to the record, they wouldn't be looking at it. Go, man, look at all the money we're missing out on because she went and did it herself. And now she gets all of that. And to me, I'm kind of like, man, like what a move, man. Like if anything, I may still not be a fan of her music. 
But on a business level, she is she is a number one in my book, man, because she just gave the industry, you know, the, the the big middle finger and turned her back and walked away. And man, what a boss, man. What a boss move. And, uh, you know, she came out on top. She's got number one hits now. And the, the albums, like you said in the introduction, the albums on the charts. And right now that she could just do no wrong and god bless her man i think it's great i think it's great that she showed the industry this is how you do it if you want to mess with me you want to take away my rights to my own stuff amazing man hands down to her. i i give her all the the credit in the world i'm just so blown away that she did it and succeeded and it, it makes me so happy to see that because so many of our favorite artists have been ripped off by you know record labels all through the years you know Aerosmith and even the Beatles you know you and I talk about the Beatles a lot and you know how you know how much money they lost and you know all the R&B acts from back in the day and you know just all these people that just lost money because of bad dealings and you know crooked people behind closed doors and and um Taylor Swift really showed it to you know showed them to her especially in a time where artists are having trouble with you know, getting paid by streaming services and all these other things and she just hit it all in one day man video and single i mean listen when was the last time you heard a 10 minute single on the radio and the stations are playing her this song i mean uh, you know and, and it's crazy to me and I, I think even she beat out don mclean for american pie or something like that i think he made a comment on it you know that he was happy that you know it, he got finally got beat out or whatever uh, yeah man i, I just I, I give her all the credit in the world i think it was such a great move and it, it just really you know again i'm not a big fan of her musically and she is super talented I, you can't deny that but i'm a huge fan of her on a personal level she fought the man and won and i think it's a great thing this is steven pearson from rat the rad bastard you're listening to the cosmic voice yeah, I agree with you. Uh, first off, I mean, I don't know much about Taylor Swift either. It's just I'm aware of her. Um, I'm hearing her Christmas stuff right now. I never was a gigantic fan. It, maybe it wasn't my era, my cup of tea. But when an artist does great business that shakes up the industry as a whole, though, that's a positive. That's actually a positive for everybody. Now, you know, the flip side of this is, She's not the first artist to ever do that. There's a lot of artists that'll do it. They'll do it for a lot of different reasons. So they can reclaim copyrights. They can reclaim publishing on that version as opposed to the original version. They change some things that they didn't like for whatever the case may be. I mean, Kiss did it when Sonic Boom came out. There was that extra CD that had all their classic songs redone yeah. with a new lineup. I think their yeah. hope was was one to establish some some solid copyrights and as well their publishing while they were defining the new the well at that point it wasn't necessarily a new lineup but that lineup in that look so that if they were going to license anything out they would pull from those songs at least that was probably part of the hope you know what i mean saying okay we got a new detroit rock city let's get that out there but sometimes that doesn't really happen you know it's it's hard to say people want that authenticity when they get something licensed out, unless money is a huge factor, which you'll also you'll see going back to what we talked about earlier, there's a lot of those Hallmark movies which you'll get 
you know, there's so many versions of, say, White Christmas, and maybe paying for Bing Crosby's version is way too expensive. Right. But you can get some right. studio singer for a fraction of the cost, and it's a one-time payment rather than, you know, so uh, some of the, like, like giving as an example, there are certain movies that you can't get in DVD or Blu-ray at this point simply because certain copyrights are licensing and usually falls within the music weren't renewed because the movie never made that much money and they can't really afford to pay it so the movie doesn't get distributed again right it doesn't go through another like re like you know like as it's released on VHS then released on DVD then released on digital then released in Blu-ray then gets a streaming release right movies that make tons of money they can afford to pay it because that movie makes money every year right like elf Elf's got yeah. all top shelf music in there. Song. Yeah. Yeah. And so that movie still generates a lot of money. The movie itself generates a ton in merch every year. Mm -hmm. You know, for a movie that's now almost 20 years old. Think about that. Right. That's pretty, right. you know, pretty astonishing. Uh, especially right. in our modern era. There isn't, there's not right. a lot of movies like that that, you know. So she's not the first to do it, but she's the first to do it, I think, in this capacity. The other side of that coin is, is, you think about it, her fan base made it possible for her to do this. There's a lot of artists that you and I couldn't do. I mean, could we do it? Sure, we could do it. Is it going to make a big splash? Probably not. No, most people won't care except for us. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Most people go, I never heard that song before. Well, it was out like five albums ago. Right. 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 You know, that kind of thing. So she had a captivated audience. So she took advantage of that wholeheartedly. Now, I'm not saying she's not deserving of it. She did smart business. She did not need a distributor in this case. She actually don't even need a label anymore. And this proves it. So she's trying to go back and gain... Maybe when that album, Red, was released, it could have been part of a bundle agreement from... Like, she had to... Like, maybe when she signed on, she goes, you know, they said, yo, it's five albums. And all those five albums pretty much have the same deal to it. So that's why she couldn't, you know, and the selling off of things, people do that all the time. They do it to make money. They do it to, they leverage it. So if they're going bankrupt or leverage it to get something else, another artist or another catalog, you know, the, when the Beatles stuff was sold, Michael Jackson bought it. He outbid you know, Paul McCartney. Yeah, I, and there was that whole I, thing that about Paul McCartney talking to Michael Jackson over and over, trying to get his music back. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think as of today, as you and I record this, I think I read that Motley Crue sold their rights today. They sold their rights. Yes. To a third. Yeah. I mean, because, listen, you got the cash flow. There are people out there that can buy it. They buy it for a lot of different reasons. Some of them just buy it to say they own it. Some people buy it as part of a like a like if they're doing publishing and licensing, because there's a lot of money in that, especially if you got some good catalogs in i mean the beatles when you know when the beatles created apple they did it themselves they bought a lot of old you know the publishing rights and stuff like that because that that makes a, a label or the distributor or whatever or the publisher very strong right the more quality you have on there the the more money the more diverse you are so she brought money back in house and you know, now again, years ago when artists were being taken advantage of, getting into the studio was not as as inexpensive as it is today. It's still expensive, don't get me wrong. However, compared to the pricing of 30, 40, 50 years ago, it wasn't accessible to, to most artists. 
Right. So it's not like, hey, we just got to go in there. Like somebody had to fork the money out. And most artists during that time, signed artists, were used to labels putting the money up. I mean, the Rolling Stones did it themselves to create their own label. The Beatles create their own label because they got tired of people taking their stuff. Well, didn't uh, I think uh, was it with Sonic Boom with um, with Kiss? I think they they just did a Walmart exclusive, right, or Target, and they like they totally just skipped out. They totally overlooked the record label and just put it out themselves exclusively through. I think I want to say it was Walmart. Yeah, I think so. T- I think you're right. I think it was Walmart. I think they did it with the next album too, Monster. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. They and did. again, so- they, because they have the audience, they have a brand name. You and I right. couldn't do that. Even if we even if we were lucky enough, we were the most savvy guys in the world and we were able to strike a deal with Walmart, I don't know if it would definitely work the same way for us. Because we don't have the look and the brand. We don't have the name well, recognition. Right. You know, and again, here's the thing. You can't go wrong with re releasing an already number one album. That's why if you go back to the episode we did with cover songs, that's why artists are usually pick or are led to pick the songs that are going to guarantee them some popularity. Right. Right, because right. because they already had a track following. Whatever right. that is, but you want to use that to push you forward. So, again, you know, we're in a time where it's more affordable that even the artists themselves can go out and do it on their own. They, don't, they can bankroll it themselves and not go broke. And again... She's at a status. I mean, seriously, you know, she's a, she, a couple of years ago. She wouldn't release any of her stuff on Spotify, right? Was, wasn't she the artist right. that did that? Right. Yeah, so she, she was one of the few. Yeah. Yeah, and she, she's still doing pretty well. Didn't didn't take a hit from it. And I think you're going to see more artists do that. Now, again, here's the thing: in the indie, right, in the lower level artist, even the brand name or artist known name. In, but in the lower levels, you know, not your A and B crowd, you know, maybe your C, D and E and F and somewhere down where you and I are, X, Y and Z. It's not uncommon that we own everything. We pay for it. We self-finance right. it. We own it. Right. The only time we right. don't own it is when someone else is paying for it, you know, or some deal. And we're give, like you said, we they write it off. We, we, we include it in part of the deal. And really, for people at our level, most people don't even bother with that. They give you a two-year right. agreement that after two years, if they don't recoup, everybody leaves. And, you know, you, 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 you retain your rights the whole time. However, they got an exclusive licensing for two years, at least for that album. They don't even right. hold you right. necessarily. They don't even hold you as the artist. They're just holding that music for that length of contract. You could technically go to another label, record other music, have it released. There's a, tons of guys like that nowadays. That's, yeah. that's how some of these artists are making money by getting paid to do other projects. They get a couple thousand here, a thousand here, whatever the case may be. So, you know, again, she had some things, in my opinion, some things stacked up in her favor. The notoriety, the brand recognition, an already number one album. So adding to it, adding more material or alternate takes or whatever, why not, right? If you're going to ask people to buy something that they already own, you got to give them something a little different. And I think oh, that, yeah, yeah, and I, I don't, and I think that's fantastic. And she had a dedicated audience, a captivated audience. Yeah. I mean, on her Facebook page, the, the numbers are astronomical. 
It's yeah. crazy. You are listening to The Cosmic Voice with your hosts, Chris Natalini and Mick Michaels. Just to tail back a little bit. So Motley Crue, as of today, apparently sold their rights to BMG, rumoredly $150 million. And that is from from what I'm understanding in this article that I'm reading from Rolling Stone. It's saying that they're it's going from Too Fast for Love up to Saints of Los Angeles. So it's pretty much their entire catalog. Yeah. So why are they do why are they doing it? I don't know. I can't see them necessarily being in financial disarray, but then again, who knows? You don't know how people live their lives. It's not like I'm following them around. Maybe they they live outside their means. I don't know. Maybe they're not generating as much as they did 20 years ago. I I don't know. But it's how much was it? 100 and- It said 150 million. 150 million. Well, I guess you know, you split between the four of them. However, that is, I don't, I'm not even sure. I guess Nikki probably still gets the, the bulk of it. I mean, I guess that's enough to live off the rest of your life if you're smart. I don't yeah. know. I yeah. don't know. You would think in a, in some cases it would be worth more, but then again, those later albums, you know, Saints of well, LA I, or whatever yeah. the hell it's called, you know, the, the John Karabi one. Who knows? I don't know. You know, I, I think it's interesting that, that you had said that about, um, you know, what would be, and I never really thought about what the reason would be. And, and if they're at a point now in their career where they probably figure, you know what, we're going to make enough money in one full check than we will by owning this stuff. I mean, listen, and to to sell your stuff, like that, that's that's got to be hard. But, you know, I guess in a position where they're like, listen, even if they do this last tour that they're supposed to do in 2022, like, you know, are they going to be generating how much money are they going to be generating with, you know, owning Dr. Feelgood and Saints of Los Angeles? And you know what I mean? Like, so well, maybe I, we yeah. sell off the hundred million right. and enjoy, you know, enjoy this money for yep. the rest of our lives. Yeah. I'm sure you they, know, we're, we're yeah. not, we're not going to get nickel and dimed. Right. You know, we're not, we're not going to get a right. residual check for streaming every, you know, six months or whatever it is. Right. Absolutely. Uh, they you probably know, did the numbers. They probably did the numbers and they said, listen, at the end of the day, we'll get this. Or if we, you know, hold out another 20 years and none of us may never get to see it. We may die. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Maybe 2020 put a new perspective on a lot of this stuff. Now, listen, Taylor Swift, she's young enough. You know what I mean? She could re-record all her stuff, have plenty of other material. And now she starts, you know, she's going to reap the bigger rewards. And she owns her master tapes. Now, the thing is, is she still doesn't own the original. That's the thing. It's kind of like... You know, you robbed Peter to pay Paul. You did this, <laughs> cut your nose to spite your face. But at the same time, you still, at the end of the day, don't hold the original. Right. But right. I guess she, in the face of it all, she just said, well, okay, keep them. Stick them where the sun don't shine. I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to show you. And now she's got a number one album. Is there an accomplishment there? Absolutely. That's hurling back to what independent indie artists have been doing for a lot of years. That control that we sought after all this time, right? Like, everything is ours. Yes, everything's now self-financed. There's a little bit of a burden, sometimes a struggle. We got to get creative. But at the end of the day, everything is ours. And I think that for these people that have a high price tag, their profit margins are, you know, and they're looking at it like, hey, I'm still not getting what I should. 
they're taking advantage of it. And I think you're going to start seeing the shift more and more. You've been seeing the shift, but you're going to see it even more, especially as the old guard is dying out. Yeah, agree. Okay, now again, I don't know if this is her thinking. She has a team of people around her thinking. It's her parents, an aunt, a cousin. She talks to her dog, Martians. I don't know. You don't know, right? You don't know. Is she that brilliant? Are any of these well, artists that brilliant? Or is it that they get tired of seeing the routine and then they go, well, instead of doing the routine, let me do this. According to some of the things I've read, apparently it was her. Like, it's her idea. She was so irritated and, you know, angry that she couldn't get these masters. And she felt that had something to do with, again, I'm kind of paraphrasing, that, uh, you know, there, there was sexism involved. And, you know, it, it literally was a lot of the decision was hers. And, you know, and I am sure that she has that power to go to her lawyers and go, listen, this is what we're doing. What do I have to do so I don't get caught up in a lawsuit? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how? what do I need to do? How do I need to label it? Because, like I said, everything has, you know, in parentheses, Taylor's version. You know, what do I need to do? What loopholes do I need that we can get away from this and bury the original recordings because I don't own them and I don't want him to make any money off. Right. Now, here's the other side of that, Mick. Do people go back and buy the original version? Because they go, hey, well, now I have this new version. I wonder what the old version sounds like. I mean, obviously, yeah, they're absolutely. not. You know, you know, you're not going to sell, uh, uh, you know, a million copies that's going to put it back on Billboard charts. You don't but know that. How much? Of, right. Well, right. Or like, how becomes, much does that backfire on her or on the on the original owner now? On her. On, on her. her by putting out this, you know, the, because listen, we we are also at least in the genre that you and I are involved in. You know, our kind of music is is. Um, you know, when the younger generation, when people younger than us get a hold of our music, they go backwards, right? Like, I mean, yeah. you could see any teenager that's coming out of a Hot Topic or even a concert wearing an Iron Maiden shirt or a Juice Priest shirt, and you know, that is that's not uncommon to see. You know, a lot of a lot of the younger generation now goes back. So maybe do newer fans from this from these two releases go? Man, I want to hear what the original version sounds like because if she's so mad that you know she doesn't own it what does it sound like you know because like you had said she i'm sure she changed had to change a lot of it well here's the thing yeah but here's the thing like they're not going to be able to as, as far as i understood it and i may be missing this completely again i'm not following taylor swift her stuff isn't available anywhere except through her exclusively so she's not selling the first album on her site it's the new album her version of red and if she's not doing Spotify or other streaming services, that's where people well, are going to... You're absolutely right. It's Listen, what she did benefits her, but at the same time, just like with anything, good, bad press, like, like Bon Jovi said, you know, all promotion's good promotion. That other album is still going to stay around. Somebody owns it. Somebody's still making money from it. There's still streams that are happening. People have it on their... You know, some people won't even know the difference. Like, there are people that don't know, but they liked a what? Taylor Swift song or two. It's in their playlist. It streams, you know, it plays through every... So they have no idea that she released something again. Yeah, that's true. Well, every... According to... Because I'm looking at my Spotify. Everything 
of Taylor Swift is now on streaming services. Okay. Yeah, because her her older stuff is on, like everything she's ever done is on here, including the newer stuff, obviously. So yeah, everything everything that I'm looking at is is from the original. Hmm. Well, so like I said, somebody always makes the first step, right? And right as we move forward in the industry, her deal will just get better and better because she'll be able to tailor it no pun intended, to herself. Like, she realizes, hey, this is what I can do. Why not just continue to do it? And she's going to set a standard for a lot of people, give a lot of people. You know, like I said, she's not the first person to do it, but to do it in this capacity, yeah, I think so. Because I don't know anyone who's re-released something like that and the song skyrocketed. I know they've, they've done some, you know, maybe a remake of a song... And that song just kind of, you know, you know, sometimes the cover version or the remake of the song does better than the original. Right. You right. know what I mean? But, so apparently, apparently on the day of release, which was only a few Fridays ago, she became the most streamed female in a day with more than 122.9 million streams in one day. Unbelievable. Like I said, those numbers are staggering, given the idea of what the rest of us have to deal with coming to streaming. I get excited at 3,000 when my <laughs> Christmas thing released. I was, you know, like, whoa, all right. But that's like nothing. Yeah, uh, we were talking about the, her older records. I'm not sure how that worked. Well, she, well, yeah, I don't know, man. I, that's a great question. But, I mean, obviously with 123, around up 123 million streams in one day, and over four, and this was as of November thirteenth, and she has over forty-seven million monthly monthly listeners on Spotify. Yeah, so uh, she's doing okay. And <laughs> she's, even if she's okay, yeah, she's okay. And even if a quarter of those people decide to buy, because listen, you're always going to be there's always going to be that group of fans. They go, I'm not buying another album. I'm not buying right, another right, right. album. But even if right, a right, quarter right. of those fans buy the new album, they take a walk on the internet and they go over to her site and they purchase the new album at whatever price she's selling it, any format that she's selling it, I think she'll make out pretty good. I don't think she's going to be struggling. No. No. Yeah. I I, I don't believe that either. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't think she's going to be yeah, I don't think there's going to be a problem there. So she, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at her, her website. So apparently from what I'm looking at, yeah, she, you can only buy just a few records off her, just her website directly, which I'm it's, assuming it's, is the one she owns. The ones that she owns. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, like if you're going to, you're going to stick it to the man or not give precedence to, why would you put somebody else's stuff on there? Right. I agree. If you do it, I, if right, you're going to do it yourself. You know, the yeah. other, I mean, the issue is sometimes that, like, I mean, it had to be different if it was going to be on a streaming service. Otherwise, if it was the same thing, it would just get lumped into the one that's already there. Yes, yes, it's, agree. And agree. it's redundancy, 100%. right? It's redundancy. And the yes. one, and people will, say there's five of the same song. I don't know, because it used to, I, I remember this used to being able to see this. At least it was on the iTunes, I remember. You would see the same song maybe three or four times. And you didn't know which one to download. You usually downloaded uh, yeah. the one that had the most downloads. Okay, this must be right, the original. Because right. if it didn't say official, you were like, well, what are these other ones? What are these, you know? Right. right so, right. you know what I mean? Were they third-party distributions? I, I, you know, don't understand it. I was never a, a downloader, but, 
you know what I mean? When I used to see some of our stuff early on on iTunes, I was like, well, why is there three of them? But this one's been, mm-hmm. you know, downloaded the most. I mean, how many, what, what did you say? She had two, three albums on her site? Yeah, it looked like, yeah, it looked like there was a handful, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, even with that, it's not her full catalog, but she's still going to do well. You know, and at the end of the day, I mean, she'll benefit no matter what. Whether, yes. No matter what. I, she still has to get a royalty from some of this other stuff. Unless she gave up that right somewhere down the line. There still has to be some royalty that's being paid back to the artist unless she signed away on it. I don't think that I, she did. No, I'm actually I'm actually thinking that she gets nothing from those old records. She gets nothing. I, I, I think she, uh, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. And I could be talking out of the side of my face, but no, I'm pretty sure she don't get anything. Because I think that was her thing because she she doesn't own them. So she don't really get anything out of it. Or she did sign away a lot of that stuff back in the day because she was young and didn't know any better. You know, didn't have the proper people telling her or she had people yet, you know, kind of leading her another way. Right. You know, that's true, too. I mean, just for lack of a better word, stealing money from her. But no, from what I'm understanding, Mick, those old records, she does not own anything, too, which is why she went above and beyond to do these these last two records that she did, um, you know, in the past year. I don't know then where her money has come from if she's not getting any royalty whatsoever, if it's from the tours and merchandise. But again, if they had that deal structure where she wasn't getting any money at all from her or so very little, then I doubt that she was getting any money from her merch and, you know, and she was just being paid a salary on her tours. I don't know. You know, everybody has a different deal. I don't want to say too much because I don't know. But I think whatever she's done is she's setting up a new model for artists now and the next generation to start following suit. Again, I'm going to go back to say that they're just taking the indie artist model and running with it because they have the lawyers, they have the bankroll, they have the audience, they have the brand recognition. And because things, especially on that end, are a little bit more affordable. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, Mick Michaels wants to say something. I, I got to hope to God that there's it's a slow news day, so at least I get one thing out from the press. You know, they make an announcement, Taylor Swift has to say something. Well, again, with a hundred and some million followers on Facebook, even if a quarter of them perk up and listen, well, right. it's a great news day. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? She's doing something right in the midst of maybe years of doing some things not so right. But we all go through that, right? That's the artist's folly, so to speak. We all kind of learn the ropes as we go along, whatever level you're at. I'm sure if you and I bumped up to the next level, even at this age, I don't know if I could handle it, but we'd have some bumps and bruises for a bit because we'd be learning some new stuff. And like, oh, I didn't expect that. The game's played different up here. Maybe it's a little faster. My running shoes ain't going to keep up up here. You know what I mean? (laughs) I need, you know... They don't use canes up here, whatever the case may be. <laughs> I mean, you see it when a younger band is moved up to a different level all of a sudden and they're still learning the ropes or you see this new band come into the venue and they're like, oh, look, young band, they're, they're bringing everything in the kitchen sink and they're taking up their own time or they don't need that big of a rig or they got to tone down their set to really play to the audience of whatever that is. You know what I mean? Everybody learns the ropes at that I new do. level. So. I think this is a positive, man. I mean, like you said, not a huge fan of her music. Not to say that it's not good. It's just not my cup of tea. But in her business savvy, man, that's, you know, that's some fantastic stuff. Because every couple of years, she seems to be making waves 
with decisions she makes. And so far, they've all ended in a pot of gold on yeah. a lot of different levels. So I think that's fantastic, man. And she's got a lot more yeah, years to, to do this. What I like to see is how she moves forward with new material, a new brand new release all on her own. Is she going to go? Listen, I'm sure any record label is going to want to take her because she's, oh, yeah. she's guaranteed, right? It's, she's money. Yeah, she's money. She's money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if she's on the decline, she's still money. There's just a way, yeah, just a way around it, right? And apparently, there's still not only that young audience, like the teenage audience that that's big on her. There's still that uh, late twenty to early thirty audience demographic that she still has. And you know, a lot of these artists, they have their young followers in the early days, and then when that artist kind of changes and their audience grows up, they move on. But for some reason, with her, it hasn't been that way. So yeah. there's definitely something there, right? I mean, like, yeah. you know, when Miley Cyrus was, was Hannah Montana during that time, her, th- that young audience was gigantic. And then, yeah. you know, she started making the change, and some of that audience started to kind of thin out. And then when she really made that heavy change, a lot of that audience just disappeared. Right? Yeah. They just kind of, you know, Justin Bieber had the same thing. Your buddy's new kids on the block, same thing. You know, so on <laughs> and so forth. It goes all the way down the line. Even Kiss, right? By the time right. Kiss hit 79, 80, they were already starting to lose that fan base for a lot of different reasons, and people can yeah. go into that. But the point is, is people grow up, taste change, interest change, what appeals to you changes. But for some reason, she's still that. There's a massive percentage of her audience that's still growing with her. And that's pretty yeah. exciting, and that, to me is longevity. You know, think about it too. She was one of those rare artists that made that genre jump and went megastar. And killed it. And, and killed, killed it. it, yeah. 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 And you yeah. know, she still has that, that country tie. Yeah. You know, that new yep. country tie, whatever that yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah but yeah. she yeah. still has it, but she's known as in pop and so again, new model. Maybe it's an old model kind of tweaked for the A B star. And now We'll see how this trickles down. I'm curious to see what she does moving forward with new material, new album, release, see how that goes. But also how this starts to trickle down into the trenches for the rest of us. Because there's yeah. still experts in the field. And if you're watching me, which you're not, you're just hearing me. I'm taking my fingers and doing that Richard Nixon thing. <laughs> experts <laughs> in the field. <laughs> are still touting that, oh, you got to get to know your audience, tell them a story, wear your heart on your sleeve, connect with your audience, that type of thing that she started so many years ago on Twitter and so on and so forth. Well, Mm -hmm. it's passe for a lot of people, and it's even harder for certain demographics because for guys like us, it's creepy old men, especially with that beard. It's real creepy old men. (laughs) That's like get that guy a bright orange shirt and some shackles. Anyway, what do you think, buddy? Anything else you want to add? No, man. Nope, not at all. I think that, uh, I, you know, like you, I'm kind of interested to see how this, what the trickle-down effect is. You know, did she change the industry? Did she wake up a lot of people to show that you could do things differently and, and, uh, and be a success at it? I don't know. I'm interested in seeing how this plays out in the next, uh, you know, couple years. Yeah. Listen, do anything you can to make sure you retain as much rights to your material as possible. 
And I know sometimes the odds are stacked against us, but at the end of the day, I mean, unless you're okay with it, signing stuff over, if you're looking for the payday and that's what you're going to do, do it, man. More power to you. We all should have that opportunity. But if you're really a stickler about owning your own stuff, self-financing, there's nothing wrong with it. You may have to piecemeal it when you can, but you'll never have to look over your shoulder and worry about someone putting their hand in your pocket. You can make all the decisions. Yep. All right. If you like that, check out some of our other episodes at www.thecosmicvoice.com. Get yourself to step into the cosmic verse. Thanks so much for listening. This is The Cosmic Voice. Be sure to check us out at thecosmicvoice.com. Like and follow us on Facebook at The Cosmic Voice. You can find The Cosmic Voice everywhere you listen to online podcasts like Deezer, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, and so many more. Okay, folks, that will do it for another episode of The Cosmic Voice. Mick and I would like to say thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. You're listening to The Cosmic Voice. Music, talk, and nothing but business.